That's what my hope is. Before it slips out of our hand, we will be able to enjoy the fullness and begin to walk in that harmony again that existed here for thousands of years. We are live on the Muskogee Reservation and you are on the Muskogee Pod. So excited about today's episode, we are talking holy grounds and exploration of spirituality in the Muskogee Creek Nation. And we've got an interesting guest today, um, and it's a very interesting topic. You know, I, I, a lot of you have listened, and I've talked about it a little bit in other episodes, but for several years, I did a television show for the Muskogee Creek Nation, and we, you know, did very similar things that we do, that we do with the podcast. You know, we, we talk to interesting people about different things that go on um, in the Muskogee Creek Nation, but also sort of indigenous life in general and um, different parts of the culture and how things sort of are similar and then how some things are, they're similar in nature, but they're very different in practice. And and so when I started thinking about um, what would be the next episode, I went back and, and, and started kind of cataloging all the things that I wanted to um, explore um, when we were doing the show. And I thought about doing a documentary on this even um, and, and sort of exploring it in that way, because this is something that's sort of like long form, um, it really takes time to sort of break down, um, a lot of the history and a lot of the, the practice of these things. But I always wanted to sort of do this documentary on spirituality, um, in, in Creek life. Um, and I know so many different tribes are, are, you know, we fight this a lot, you know, in Indian country with like all, all Indian tribes are the same. They do the same things. They have the same rituals and the same traditions and whatnot. And that couldn't be further from the truth. We're very, very eclectic in just the way that each culture sort of manifests itself. And for us spiritually, um, there's really kind of two choices. You're either uh, traditional or your uh, church. And I think some people are both. Some people are one or the other. And, um, that's what was fascinating to me about that. And I, and I always wanted to kind of sit down sort of clergy on this side and sort of traditional leaders and traditional people, people that have spent their entire life in that, um, in that capacity um, to talk about this and, and sort of get it on the table and not really talk through anything, but just sort of like we say in the title, exploring it, you know, um, taking conversation and, and just sort of seeing where we're at and, where there's common ground and maybe where there's um, misconceived notions or whatever. And so when I started thinking about this episode, I wanted to get someone that's from both worlds. I wanted to get somebody that was involved both in our traditional and ceremonial stomp dance grounds, but also uh, heavily involved in uh, our Native American churches and uh, the Christian aspect in our culture. And um, I found the perfect person. Not only is he clergy in the Indian United Methodist Church, but he's also very active in his ceremonial grounds, and that's Mr. Uh, Chabon Cornell. And Chabon is uh, well-traveled around the world. In fact, when I hit him up, we talk about this a little bit, but when I hit him up, it was in Germany, um, and um, and he does a lot of work at Emory University, but um, don't want to give away too much from the conversation. But um, I just felt like that would be the perfect person to kind of explore this with me and talk it out. There are things that we talk about as Native people that, you know, sometimes where sometimes maybe we talk about them a little more than others, and sometimes things are kind of just like just under the surface. They're there, but we don't really discuss it too much. So um, with that in mind, that's what we wanted to do on this episode. We wanted to bring a, um, a dialogue on something that is very, very sacred to so many people. In fact, maybe the most sacred. 
Um, we have traditional stop dance songs. We also have traditional church hymns. And, and, and you know, you can. that's just one example of the two sides to the spirituality in Creek culture. And so we definitely wanted to explore that. And that's what we did in this conversation from our reservation. It's Holy Grounds, and it starts right now. And I'm so pleased to have in the pod cave today a good buddy of mine, and a lot of people know him, Mr. Chabon Cornell, and he is uh, clergy with the Indian United Methodist Church, but he's also uh, a member of Hillaby uh, Ceremonial Ground. Uh, Chabon, thank you so much for being with us today. No, it's my pleasure. I know we've been talking about it for almost many years. Yeah, man. Uh, it's absolutely. good to be here. Yeah, no, and and you know, that's a little bit before we started, that's kind of what I talked to you about with, with season two and storytellers and sort of getting down to some of the things that a lot of Muskogee people um, and Indian people too, uh, in general, um, there are these things out there that, you know, we know they're, they exist and, and, and sort of um, not taboo, but just not talked about as much in the open and everything like that. Um, and, and I thought that would be a fantastic episode. And I wanted to find somebody from both worlds. Um, and, and you fit the bill perfectly. Um, and, and like I said, I didn't, I didn't mean to shortchange you, um, because I, I gave you the, the, um, the lead in, but, uh, you do actually a lot of things. You're, you're heavily involved in, in some of the Muskogee Creek nation, uh, getting down back into the homelands and, and having a presence at Emory university there in Atlanta. Talk about, uh, before we get started, talk about a little bit of your work with that and what you've been doing lately. No, uh, I, I do have my um, finger in the bowl of a lot of things uh, across the um, country here. And really, for me, the, the sole agenda that it goes back to is really the preservation of our place in this world as indigenous peoples, mm-hmm. as Tajati people, as a Muscogee people. And uh, one of the, the components of that that has developed over the past uh, 12 months has been kind of these, what I, I just, just coined a term, kind of uh, migrations back. Mm-hmm. to our homelands. Um, and, and I know I've been real sensitive to the diversity of thought on going back. I want to respect everyone's uh, protocol and opinions because some of us, um, you know, we have an understanding about going back to our homelands. Mm-hmm. And so the way I kind of articulated it is I thought it would just be nice for us to know of the rich identity that we come from prior to displacement and dispossession of territories, right. you know, the intimacy that we had with this earth in terms of plant life, in terms of just uh, sustainable living and on and on and on, is that that's something we've been removed from. And, and even we kind of have to challenge what has happened in history because how convenient is it for those persons who established the United States, uh, you can say colonizers, for that narrative to be there, uh, yeah. for us not to know how many thousands upon thousands of years yeah. our, our presence is there all yeah. throughout the Southeast. So that's kind of what we've been doing and connecting cool. with the universities, even just visiting sites and beginning the process of let's just dream together what that relationship can look like in the future for our children and our elders and ourselves. Absolutely. And, and like I said, keep up with all of it. It's going on. It's out in the news and everything like that with what's happening with um, our partnerships there and everything like that. And you've been all over the world too. When I talked to you about coming on this program, I think you were over in Germany. Was that right? That, that is correct. I was <laughs> in, in Germany. I was like, oh my gosh, man. I was like, hey, uh, I just hit him up on Messenger. I'm like, hey, Chabon. Uh, and he's like, well, you know, I'm in Germany right now. And the first thing I thought was, oh my God, did I, did I just hit you up at like 
you know, three thirty, four in the morning. <laughs> Luckily, I think it was a uh, 10 PM or something oh, like that. So okay, it wasn't good. too bad. Wasn't too bad. No, I got him right before bedtime, but, uh, no, I appreciate you coming on today. And, and like I said, we're talking today about, you know, when people think of the Muskogee Creek nation, culture, language, uh, traditions, things like that. Um, and you know, in, with any culture of people, um, the people that want to talk about them or learn about them or research or whatever, they, they talk about their religious practices, their religions. And for the Muskogee Creek Nation, we're very unique in the fact that we have a history with church religion and then traditional religion. Our Creek churches, our, our, our Muskogee hymns, um, the rich, uh, you know, heritage and, and tradition of that and how people still hold on to that. We sing hymns at our events. We, we open things with prayer. Um, you know, things like that, but also um, the traditional aspect in our ceremonial grounds and the uh, creator giving the f- ceremonial fires and how that's become uh, also um, something that people have held on to very uh, strongly. And we talk about it's not one against the other. I know we have, when we talked about this, the conversation was, you know, it's not this versus this, but there are some um, that sort of feel like you can't have one and the other and everything like that. So talk to us a little bit about how you were sort of came to be um, both in the traditional world and um, a clergy uh, with the Indian United Methodist. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know it's a long story, and I'll try <laughs> yeah. to be a very short in uh, telling it. Because, you go right ahead, Siobhan. you uh, got all the time in the world. Um, I know uh, at, at some point we are working on documenting kind of a, a book that kind of helps to articulate how complex this uh, this moment was in my life. And I'm thankful that, um, you know, starting out as a, a clergy person, um, that this was kind of how I was raised but I'm thankful that, you know, my, my grandfather and others, that we were ceremonial people. And so we always had that in our lives. Yes. We didn't take advantage of it like we should have right. uh, during that time. And there was always a preference uh, in my, my home for um, being a part of the church. Mm-hmm. So this was the environment that uh, I was raised in. And even, you know, I have several, I mean, just a ton of uh, good memories of coming here, fellowshipping with our other uh, churches, you know, even... I have so many events that have happened to me here at our Methodist District Center at Preston, uh, just up the road here. And this was a, a kind of a, a thinking that was ingrained in, in me. And even I can remember as a, a teenager, people would come up and say, well, you're going to make a, a good uh, preacher one day. And I sat there like, oh, <laughs> don't, don't do that to me. Yeah. Like, uh, so I just want to be honest. I just want to yeah. be faithful. And right. what whatever it is that I'm learning and as uh, time went on, I actually went to school and was heading to law school. I had uh, completed my undergrad and taken my taken my LSAT test, and that was uh, everything that I was getting ready for. And all of a sudden, I felt something compelling me that it wasn't going to satisfy me. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, I, I decided to go to, um, to uh, graduate school, to seminary. Mm-hmm. And it was there that uh, something, um, I don't want to say cataclysmic, but cataclysmic had happened as I began to study the history of Christianity, uh-huh. as, as I began to even study the origins of biblical text, uh, something happened that I didn't feel like I was told the whole truth. Uh-huh. I wasn't told everything about uh, the beauty of who I am as an indigenous person. Right. You know, we still harbor these thoughts that 
were kind of less than, uh-huh. you know, concepts in the church, they call it like original sin. All of these things permeate our thinking from Bible studies to sermons to, you know, vacation Bible schools, yeah. on and on and on. And we're indoctrinated with that. And as I did my studies, I began to think, oh, well, someone didn't tell me that Christianity evolved different from a very different understanding. And then even how diverse Christianity is today, Mm -hmm. that there's multiple understandings of how to uh, express that belief system, how to express that spirituality. And at that moment, uh, really what had happened was, I think I was in a theology class, but also in my intro to New Testament course. And they, we were going over, you know, the origins of like uh, Luke and Acts. Mm -hmm. And I sat there and we were in class, you know, other classmates, you know, I'm, I'm a grown man, you know, sitting here taking these courses and the instructor who's a scholar, all of these kinds of things, they're talking, well, you know, Luke did not write the gospel of Luke. And I said, like, what? <laughs> no one had ever told me something like Why that. Why do they call it Luke? Then? Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> and that's exactly what was in my mind. I mean, we, we, we had been taught of the, the concept is inerrancy, that this is God's voice talking to our people. And as we went through our courses, we began, began to examine that it was something a correspondence that evolved over hundreds and hundreds of years mm-hmm. and even thousands of years before it reached our people, I'm needless to say, I was kind of shocked, mm-hmm. almost devastated. I'm like, wait a second, what am I doing here? Right. And when it really hit home was when I began to study the history of Christianity and how it came into this part of the world and that there were actually debates from Spain and Portugal on whether these creatures were actually human beings, meaning indigenous peoples that they were encountering. And there was a debate that went on in the church. And I sat there with all of this going through my mind, like, what right do you have to debate on indigenous people's ancestors if we uh, were human? But also the debate was, did they have a soul or not? And were they worthy of missionary endeavors of salvation? And I was so, you know, more than offended. (laughs) Yeah. I said, maybe I need to walk away from this colonizing religion and embrace everything there is about our way of life as Muscogee people, as Southeastern people. And in fact, that's really at that moment is what I started doing. And I tried to do everything within my power to eliminate that type of, in my term that I use is called spiritual violence. Um, I tried to eliminate that from my household so that my children would not have been indoctrinated with those kind of ideologies the same way. And so we started taking everything in our, every opportunity in our, our, our power to begin to embrace, you know, look at our language, look at our ceremonial life and uh-huh. to come back to the things that our ancestors had passed on to us. Right. And only by the grace of the creator, um, we found that opportunity. And, uh, and today I'm eternally thankful because I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for elders, if it wasn't for those, those leaders who took time to, uh, you know, give me encouragement right. uh, in this path. And that was over 20-something years ago. Man. And so here here we are in 2022 we're trying to piece together a, a fragmented identity and history yeah. um, because of colonization, because of the term is uh, dispossession, but displacement. displacement Everything yeah. that has happened in history, I think there's so many of our people, we're just trying to figure it out. Where do we yeah. go now? Yeah, and and through tough times. You know, I and they say that, you know, when you go through traumatic events, um, it can change you. It can make you go a certain way. It can make you do things that maybe you wouldn't think 
to do before, but, you know, we talk about removal and the trail and the songs and everything that came over, but um, you can easily see how those things happen. But what I wonder about when you're talking about your journey and your story and everything, that is fascinating to know that that's sort of what crafted it. And, and that's the conclusion that you came to, because that's the very essence of the discussion and the conversation we're having here today Mm -hmm. is that inner struggle or that, you know, inner turmoil of is, is, is going this path taking away from who I really am and is who I really am, you know, separating me from, from, God or Christianity or the things that some people hold so dear in their life. And so I, I kind of, you know, when we talk about that, do you, do you talk to people, I guess, uh, what I want to know is do you talk to people and do you counsel folks that will say, um, because I am traditional, uh, that's, that was given me, that religion was given to me directly from the creator. He, he handed it down and said, uh, these are your ways. Mm-hmm. These 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 are how uh, you will give offerings to the create uh, to me as the creator and everything like that. Instead of where as Christianity and missionary work and things like that, that was just something brought to you and and told to you like this is the way. Do this. Mm-hmm. Um, forget about all that stuff that you got directly. Uh, you know, a main line from the creator. Um, there's now a middleman here telling you that this is a, there's another way that's better for you. Do you, do you come across that sort of that way of thinking and how do you, how do you uh, sort of reason with it? I think that's um, I come across that every moment right. that cause I am employed by the United Methodist church today as right. one of our, um, I guess they call them uh, 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 executive officials mm-hmm. for the entire denomination. And really I, I, I understand that as my calling to still maintain my presence within Christianity mm-hmm. is to help with those notions mm-hmm. of, and it's really uh, exclusivism is what they call it, right. um, saying that this is the only voice of God. This is the only way to worship. This is the only answer. Right. And our people all across the country, not just Muskogee people, but our people all across the country, some are taking it full force and believing that mm-hmm. and others are struggling with it. Right. And believe me, we have enough struggles as it is with all of the socioeconomic issues that plague our communities that this isn't something we want to add on it, but it is. And I, and I think it's the source of a lot of, uh, of pain that we have to work through. So, so for me, um, as we try to do the best we can to, protect our way of life, something that still is under threat, uh, our ceremonial life, mm-hmm. our traditions. Mm-hmm. Um, what I've tried, what I've had to do is try to make a healthy uh, boundary between the two faiths, yeah. because it is, it is my opinion that Christianity has already influenced our ceremonial life enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and not just Muskogee people. I, I, I do worship with other communities, whether it's Sweat Lodge or whether it's Native American Church or mm-hmm. the peyote religion. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been uh, uh, elders have been kind enough to invite me to to those types of prayer services and worship yeah. services, and I've seen an enormous impact of Christian understanding into each individual cosmology. Yeah. And so that's kind of something that really concerns me um, as we try to protect um, really the concepts that we've um we've held since before contact mm-hmm. with any person and right now uh, with any uh, colonizing entities yeah. and right now those are kind of under threat mm-hmm. is that even as we try to uh, you know I know our, our linguists we have some Mahayas here mm-hmm. um even as they do their their teaching it's real easy to say uh, to use an English concept mm-hmm. to give a definition for a Muskogee word right and so th- 
it, it's really cumbersome. So I've tried to make a boundary yeah. to say, here's where we believe. And so, yeah. you know, if you visit us at ceremonial ways or you see me or hear me share some words, it won't have anything. Uh, Christian connotations or anything because of the sanctity sure. of, of our, our way of life. You realize where it separates. I realize where it separates. And even sometimes it gets a little clouded. Yeah. Oh, uh, no. And I was just about to ask you, you know, you said you recognize the ways that ceremonial life has been influenced by the other and how maybe the other influences and vice versa, really. Can you kind of t- t- go into that a little bit about how you've seen that? Yes. And even just uh, the concept and where I, the, what I've talked with my family about is even like concepts of the a- afterlife. You know, when we think of uh, this uh, spirit, Halloween Delova right. and the spirit world yeah. or this other place, this other town mm-hmm. that, you know, I've seen it even interpreted easy. Oh, it's just heaven. It's mm-hmm. heaven. Well, heaven has different connotations if you sure. say it that way. And I've seen that many times, right. you know, and just for the sake of time and the sake of just being able to give it some type of translation. And even in the concepts that I meditate about, and this isn't something that I do to convert people by no means. Uh-huh. Um, it's just something I think about when I think of these, uh, you, you mentioned our Muskogee hymns and we have the, you know, the, the song of Jesus Miko uh-huh. that in our elders and our ancestors that were first language speakers for generations, they had a different concept of a Mikogi and what they meant and what they stood for. And so I, I often think I wish I could have these conversations to say, well, how did you understand this historical person uh, of Jesus as opposed to modern translations of the concept of Miko, mm-hmm. which is like they like to say king or right. something yeah, like that. Yes. And and that's not that's really foreign to mm-hmm. our cosmology as Muskogee right. people. Mm-hmm. So those kinds of things, you know, we're not here to to dominate, you know, mm-hmm. to, to to be kingly over lands and have subjects. That's not how we understand yeah. things. You're saying the table's round. Yeah. There's room for all of us and an inequality at that table. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get that. And and I um like you said, there there are those things because I I do you know, whenever we do have, unfortunately, a loved one pass and it's a loved one from a very traditional family. And I don't, Mm. and I don't want to say the word like reject here, but they just will have a mentality of, you know, we don't, we don't do church. We do stomp dance. Mm. And, and so, but even in those families, when there's a death, the terms of, and the terming of, you know, they're going to be with the ancestors. They're going Mm. now to be with all those that have gone on before them. I do see what you're saying there because it's the exact same concept of a Christian heaven, mm-hmm. you know, where you're taught that that's what we will do now. We will we will leave from this life and we'll go be with everybody again. Mm-hmm. And and so there are those similarities in there. And and I think you can take from like you said, you can take from both of them um, and and have a happy existence. I mean, you're living proof. <laughs> I, I'm. Um I'm walking the um, the path yeah. as best as I can, yeah. and, and it's kind of funny that well, not funny, but it's. Um, I thought you were going to say you're walking the red road. No. I, I, we we do have <laughs> concepts yeah, of right. that red, yeah. um, but it, it's kind of convenient or it, it's important that you brought up death because we do have ways in the ceremonial way of acknowledging that passing from this moment to the next moment. Yeah, that's embedded in our speeches that that we give. Um, but that's probably one of the areas where it has become clouded because uh-huh. uh, my, my companion and I, years and years ago, she kind of teased me and we joked about it. She said, you know, you're going to be the one that, because I've gone through this training, uh-huh. I have this experience, 
that um, there's the weddings and the funerals of our yeah. traditional people. Right. Um, because I have that experience in, in, in both contexts to know how to respect our way of life. But then I have the formality to say, oh, you know, we need a obituary. We need this kind of thing in place yeah. and yeah. to meet with uh, funeral homes, that kind of thing. Yeah. And, and as sad as it makes me, that's coming to fruition yeah. uh, today. And I have had uh, uh, families who they did want, not want anything uh, that was Christian or the church yeah. um, included in that, including the hymns. Right. Um, and I've, I've been able to help out as best as I can. And yeah. in, in that case, uh, we what we usually do is we have speakers mm-hmm. that, that come up and yeah. share. And uh, we, we made it through it. But then there's been others that uh, I've even seen some of our own uh, traditional people. They're okay with just doing it in the same format in, yeah. in a church with, yeah. with hymns, uh, sitting up, that, that kind of thing. Yeah. There's an understanding there with some, with some, and, you and know. even the, the beautiful thing, and this is where, you know, we really need to immerse ourselves in this day and age back to our language and our way of life is that even in some of those church hymns is the cosmology of Muscogee people mm-hmm. is the beauty of who we are is us praying is us encouraging each other that we do find in ceremonial Absolutely. life Absolutely. and that's one of the the beautiful things that you know some of our in you know some of our young people in their pursuit to really uh kind of have a radical uh, message about colonization yeah. and decolonizing is what they say yeah uh, they miss that point that mm-hmm. there's concepts that bridged over that even non-native american people couldn't see non-muscogee people couldn't right. see that but yeah. our people did yeah so and, and I think that's a great point because we we can focus all day long and some people like to on the things that separate us, divide us, and and that don't keep us uh, together. But if we find, I guess you could call it like common holy ground. <laughs> I think we find ways that where we're both similar, um, you reach that consensus a little bit better, and it's a little bit easier to have that understanding. Um, Let's flip it real quick because we talked about, we've already talked about, you know, the traditional people that may look at the church and go, oh, you know, that's really not the right way. That's not for me. Um, that's not, we were given that by the white man. We were given that by a missionary. Um, it's not what we were supposed to have. Um, let's flip it the other way because there are church folks that look at the traditional world and say, you know, that's, 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 Witchcraft, you know, that's that dancing around a fire. There's, there's, there's elements of that that I that I I'm, can't, you know, reason with as a Christian person, and we know that exists. I mean, I'm sure you've heard that too. Yes. How do you do that with members of your, uh, you know, congregation or or people in uh, the Christian side of things that that will look at traditional ways and, and look at them as you know, I, I can't be a part of that because it's, it will literally, you know, uh, take my faith away from me. Mm-hmm. I, w- I will note as we're flipping the, the, the yeah. context just a little bit that over the, the decades and years, I've never really heard a, 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 a broad hostility from traditional people to the church. Right. I've always felt there was a love and a respect for those that chose to uh, worship that way. And, and I have seen those that uh, have kind of done both as as they best they could. Right. Now, now that's not necessarily something that I'm saying is going to be best for us, right. um, because I, I really feel that the beauty in our way of life is sufficient enough. Mm-hmm. Um, if we begin to understand the wellness that it uh, um, projects into our lives, that's all we need, and and we don't need anything else. Um, now to go to the church. 
I have heard that mm -hmm. time and time again. And even, you know, there was a time when we were uh, practicing fully, you know, these things and I was serving a congregation and I would leave and head straight to a, a Sunday morning service. Mm -hmm. It was over time when I said, well, I can't keep doing that because why am I doing that? Mm -hmm. and, and so this is where we began to iron out things. Now, what, what is it that you believe in your walk that you found in, in Christianity? Because one of the things that um, we began to look at as people who have been missionized is that we were forced to believe one way of Christianity, not even understanding that there are thousands of beliefs all across the world. Right. And this is something that I only began to be exposed to over the recent years. Yes. And, you know, when I, when I looked at the form of Christianity that is being uh, executed in Native American context here in the United States, it's very much one of dominance. It's very much one that's territorial. And in, in many cases, it is this kind of abusive relationship um, that this is the only way to believe. Uh -huh. And out of that kind of context, you hear these comments that says you can't do that. That's evil, uh -huh. demonizing, you know, these types of things. And so um, that's where my scholarship is kind of centers around is that well, what was really going on in that ancient world right. that after three centuries birthed Christianity uh -huh. um, that, you know, even in the, the ancient world, if you talk about, you know, the, it's supposedly based on the life of a person named Jesus. Um, if you look at that moment in time that it took three centuries before the context of Christianity became the church. Um, if we were, if the United States was in that ancient world, we would not be the church yet because this country is only 247 years old, something like that. Yeah. And the, the first rules that were established that began was under the Emperor Constantine in the 4th century, 325, uh, Common Era. So just to give you some context, when it came here, we were told this is how it's supposed to be. You guys got it wrong. Yeah. Even though our cultures had been here for thousands upon mm -hmm. thousands of years. And even what we've done is now because of scholars, because of our people all across this country and world, we're beginning to put the pieces back together of what was really going on when missionaries and countries wanted to explore. It wasn't for the benefit yeah. of the human species. Mm -hmm. It was for financial gain. Right. It was to commodify resources. It was to take land. It was right. to take resources. Absolutely. Um, and even that's even more so after, you know, this past year we've been studying about, uh, the, the world has been studying about uh, boarding schools and residential schools. We see that embedded in the Bureau of Indian Affairs report that came out in May, where it said the major uh, policy behind that process of taking our children was the dispossession of land uh -huh. to take us from everything. And even you think about our, our children were forbidden to talk their language. Even embedded in that language is an intimacy with this Mother Earth yes. that teaches us day in and day out right. how to respect each other, how to, how to respect the role of indigenous women in our language. Mm -hmm. And it was taken from us. Yep. And there was a, there were so many things done in that era um, that, that are verifiable in those reports. We knew them before the reports came out. Absolutely. But um, there are so many things from that era that were done under the guise of good intentions. Like we are trying to 
better these people. We're trying to save the man, if you will. Remember the the old saying there, um, (laughs) by converting them away from um, sort of a life of uncivilization and, and getting them to where they can thrive and live in this world. But like you said, there's always that there's always that ulterior motive back there. You know what I mean? We, we basically the execution of it was way off, but it all sounds good, right? I mean, in a utopian world, that sounds like you're doing, you're trying to do some good. Even if you did bad, it sounds like your motives were there. But we always find at the end of it, though, there's always mm-hmm. got to be those ulterior motives. Like you said, yep. the taking of land, the erasure of the people, mm-hmm. um, basically wanting what's there for you, but inconvenience for us, there's already some people here. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I mean, you cover, uncover a lot of that probably in your study. Uh, I do. And even there's times when we, uh, I'm asked to teach courses. So like grad, graduate courses where mm-hmm. we start piecing that together, you know, it goes all the way back to Christopher Columbus. It goes all the way back to the, the church mm-hmm. uh, issuing papal bulls in the 15th century, two of them, mm-hmm. that in essence gives those explorers the right to seize mm-hmm. uh, properties that is deemed pagan or Saracen is the, the terminology that they yeah, use, yeah. Um, that or property that's non-Christian. Yeah. And so that's the justification, and that's where it began. You know, even the stealing of human people into the slave trade and, and on and on and on that wow. has led it to us uh, here today beginning to uh, resist, rebel, and reject those concepts. Man, you know, this conversation we're having today, folks, I'm not going to try to just— give us a plug for nothing. But this is why you got to listen to the Muskogee pod. I mean, these are things that we all have known and have been out there that we just need to start having conversations on. I mean, the, the you know, uh, there's been so many points that you've made today that I never even thought of that when I've, I've and I've thought about, I told you about this. I've thought about this issue for as long as I can remember mm-hmm. because it was always fascinating to me when people ask about, you know, the Muscogee Creek people, it's like, oh, what religion do you all practice? And I go, well, there, there's kind of two of them, you know what I mean? And, and they kind of, some, sometimes they coexist, sometimes maybe they don't. Um, and until you actually talk about it, um, you, you really don't sort of get the ball rolling. And, and I wonder, you know, we're having this conversation today, Chabon, but how much is this conversation being had as you all uh, in the top levels of of the ministry in in Indian Methodist Church? How much are we tackling these issues on that level when we have conferences, when we have, I mean, are we talking about it at that level or is it something we probably need to even get better at and talk about more? I think in in this day and age, now it kind of depends on who you're talking to. Sure. If if you see someone like like me who doing the things that have been asked of me by my community, um, I'm always going to carry it with me and bring it to the forefront. Sure, sure. And what I'm finding is that there's a hunger Mm -hmm. for more of the the honesty, but also in conceptualizing how do we build a future together Mm -hmm. for our people that doesn't do harm. You know, I, I sit here and I think about all my relatives, all the people that I serve in the ceremonial world who have lost their lives to violence, who have, you know, maybe there's substance abuse there that we need more opportunities to, to, to heal and to come out of those situations and mm-hmm. not less. Yeah. And so I carry it with me everywhere I go. And I'm thankful that because of that, I'm seeing 
you know, non-Native American entities, agencies who are at the forefront, who are trying to do things like giving land sure. back. Uh, my offices have helped with the returning of acreages in uh, Wyandotte country. And also we're trying to get it done in uh, Blackfeet country. Yeah. But they're, they're also partnering with other entities that are affirming the giving of land back. How do we and how do we piece back together our cosmology mm-hmm. as people who have been colonized? And, and I think that's the biggest burden that I carry is that we live in a world today where social media is dominant, even as we're talking on a podcast. Yeah, right now, man, I mean, yeah. Um, that, you know, we have people out there who believe that they're influencers yeah. and they have a right to be cultural informants, but they haven't been raised around our understanding of life. Right. And, and that's really hurtful today because I don't want to be mean. I want to encourage people. Yeah. But they don't know the things that our elders had passed on. And so that's something that we have to be very delicate and respectful for. But also understand that if if we weren't raised uh, a certain way or had these voices nurturing and cultivating us year after year. Yeah. And like I said, even I only sit here because there were people kind enough to walk with me Absolutely. O- over the over the years. You know, I think about all my old preachers, um, you know, I, th- I think of the, the John Lowe's, the Harry Long's of the world who they, they were persons who sat down with me. And, you know, even just singing our, our hymns, they, they would print it out for me. I remember sitting there and he had a chalkboard. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even back in uh, Seminole Nation country, Imogene Harjo, uh, you know, sitting there at the, I was mm-hmm. a little kid putting a, a chalkboard up there just saying, here's here's our songs. Right. And, um, but it's time that, you know, we have to do our due diligence while we still have a moment yeah. uh, to say, here's what it means to be Muskogee. Right. This is our way of life. Yeah. And so that's what my hope is, you know, maybe this podcast or, or how, however we can keep pointing back to how we're supposed to exist. Yeah. Because, you know, my, my hope is that, you know, we would continue to have the same fellowship that informed us in the, the, the old ways. Yeah. Where we sit there, you know, maybe it's overnight. Maybe it's visiting another ceremonial ground. Maybe it's over the breaking of bread and eating a meal together. or Maybe it's just having a, an event for our children we're there. We just watch them laugh and enjoy life and be safe um, the way they, they need to be safe. Um, those kinds of things were the environments, you know, that we were in every moment and we began to figure out things. And today, in today's world, you know, we, we kind of see that uh, being altered massively with everything that goes on. And I don't even keep up with it um, the way uh, I should, but with the, with the media presence, social yeah. media presence. Well, and it, and it sort of goes along with society as a whole right now. It's like everybody's being asked to choose one side or another. You know what I mean? Are you red? Are you blue? Yes. You know, are you black? Are you white? Like, are, I mean, are you uh, for this side or are you for this side? Yes. Because you can't be both. You've got you you've got to choose. And, and then once you choose, you got to put your head down, dig your feet in the ground, and be stubborn about the fact that you're not going to be open to any other ideologies or any other sort of worldviews or ways of thinking. That runs right along with what you're saying. The fact that, you know, reject that. that I, what I'm saying is reject that way of thinking, people. We cannot continue um, to, to be in those spaces because we can go nowhere as a society as long as we continue to do that. That's I'm, my TED Talk. For no, ab- absolutely. Yeah, it's going to invoke more commentary no, yeah, for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think, too, what you were saying about influencers and people doing podcasts and everything like that. Look, I'm nothing. I'm literally somebody sitting here trying to find the best people to come on here because they are the ones that need to tell these stories. They are the ones that know what they're talking about. That's why I get, 
Uchabon. That's why I get people like Ed Mouse and them that were there when the Constitution was drafted. It's not anything about, you know, the host or anything. It's about the content and the guest and what they're getting out there. And that's why we try so hard to come up with the best episodes. We, like, to, to us, we're like, as a Muskogee citizen, let's just try to crawl into every headspace of Muskogee citizen out there and think about what are some of the things that they want to hear a park bitch conversation about, you know what I mean? And so that's kind of what was our way of thinking. And I think, um, man, I'm just so appreciative of your courage because I'm, I'm telling you, not everybody would talk about these things. Um, especially sort of the, discrepancy between one and another and how they can get muddied and how there can be a little bit of, I don't want to say conflict, but just differences that get in the way of each of them. And when I started thinking about this episode, I thought about the episode first. I thought about the subject matter first. I didn't Mm -hmm. think about the guest. And I just started racking my brain for everybody that I knew that sort of had, you know, an interest and a vested uh, life in both things. And, Mm -hmm. you know, our, our principal chief, is, is one of them just like you mm-hmm. that is a very much active in the church and I, you know, and the ceremonial ground and his, his upbringing was ceremonial, but he's also in church. And, and so, um, I started thinking about people like that and I'm like, ah, no, I'm not going to get chief. You know, he's already been on the show. People see him enough, you know, he's got his picture out there enough, but man, I said, I got to get a hold of Chabon. And, uh, I was like, man, I hope he's not in Germany. No, I'm just kidding. Um, and, and then there you were, you know, I'm like, I'm like, he's like, well, I'm on the Audubon right now and I really can't know, but, uh, no, but I, I just really appreciate your willingness to do this. And I think right off the bat, like right when I asked you, you were like, yep, because that's something we need to talk about. I, I think, um, I just know there's a need. So mm-hmm. it's so great mm-hmm. of just trying to put the pieces back together, mm-hmm. you know, even, we, I've talked with even Dr. Monty Randall at the mm-hmm. College of Muskogee Nation and just contemplated and dreamed what would it be like to have some type of uh, biblical literacy courses that can help our people. Mm-hmm. Because I think this is the the dilemma that we're in is that we only receive, oh, well, in many of our churches, we don't even go through educational processes before we serve in the, the pulpit or in the capacity of ministry. And the way that I look at that is because of the history I think everyone has to go through some type of training before you get up there. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I have been a part of many trainings over the years, I've been a part of the White Bison organization, Well Bridey movements. Mm-hmm. And one of the things they talk about is that the attitudes and perceptions that surround us every day formulates our belief system of ourselves and the world. And if we're hearing something every day, then that's what we believe. Right. And so it's been my, 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 my pursuit is to surround us with, continually inundating with our people that we have a right to exist. We have a way of life. And and even if those that choose to stay uh, or to find a spiritual home in Christianity, ask yourself why, Mm -hmm. because in this day and age, in my opinion, it's insufficient. And this might make some people upset, but I don't mean it in this way. I say it out of the love of my heart is there's more to it than just heaven and hell. Mm -hmm. In fact, if you do your scholarship, if you do your studies, you'll start to see there was a broader vision of what this movement came out of, of working for equality in society, Mm -hmm. working for justice, uh, the role of genders in the ancient world. You see all of those things that we're still working for today. Mm -hmm. So there's a way you can express yourself in this uh, Christian movement. But try what I say is that don't 
perpetuate the violence. Mm -hmm. Don't perpetuate the harm that we've seen generation after generation. I mean, I mean, there's so many concepts that when I was serving uh, local churches, which I've done for over a decade, um, I would have sermons, I would have teachings that talked about the the multiple and even linguistic differences that uh, were translated as hell. Uh-huh. Um, and I would say, well, here's this. This uh-huh. is what's out there. Yeah. And, you know, let's let's build something together in our belief system, not simply just because uh, mom and dad, grandma and grandpa said, you have to do this. And even I was one that, my, my, bless my mom, she's passed on now, but mm-hmm. she raised me that way. Where are you at? You didn't go to church today, you know, like, <laughs> and banging on my door. And just, I was like, oh, I'm sorry. We're keeping up. <laughs> yeah. You got be, that attendance record. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, um, I asked, I said, tell me what you're looking for. Because if you walk in that faith and you say, I'm going to give water to the thirsty, mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with that. Sure. I'm going to give food to the hungry. I'm going to show kindness to our children, then I don't have a problem with that. But uh, it's when it becomes violent uh-huh. and you start to say, well, you're over there worship, worshiping evilly. You're over there worshiping. I mean, I, I have heard concepts like worshiping the devil. And I sit there and I'm like, well, no. Yeah. I'm saying this is something like we were created uh-huh. this way. We were given this way. And so this being that Christianity calls God, we have our own words in, in our language that, that we reflect to uh, this, uh, this, this energy, this power, this uh, deity. And so what you're telling me is that if we were meant to be someone else, if we were meant to speak another language, that deity, that God made a mistake, right. we have a way of life. Right. And I'm not a mistake. Right. We're not a mistake. We have a way of existing in this world and that's what my hope is before it slips out of our hands that um, we will be able to enjoy the fullness and begin to walk in that harmony again that existed here for thousands of years before this 247-year-old country <laughs> came, came around. And I could go further into that, but I'll, I'll pause there. Relatively young. Uh, Shabon Cornell, you are a complete uh, community servant uh, with a, a heart for the advancement of your people. Uh, I can't tell you how much we appreciate you coming in uh, and being with us on this episode today. Um, and I know you're a busy man, so I'm not going to hold you up any longer. But I, I, I just can't tell you how much I appreciate the conversation. And I literally, I hope we can do it again. I hope we can do this a lot because I, I think um, there's so much education that can happen in these kind of conversations and and so many things uh, that can enrich people's lives to, to hear um, – so many, you know, different histories and perspectives and all of that come together to reach some common ground. Absolutely. You know, thank you, Jason, for the invitation. Mm -hmm. And it's my my pleasure to do whatever we can to make this walk of life a little bit easier for each other. So I'm just happy to to be here. And our thanks to Chabon Cornell for joining us in the pod cave and really breaking down something that, like I said, for many years, I've wanted to uh, talk about that, explore it, get it on a kind of mass communications level to where a lot of people can hear the conversation or, um, you know, just sort of take away from it what they will. And I think that's what I want people to do. Just just sort of listen and, and, and to the conversation. And then, you know, one thing is, you know, we're not saying that there's a right way, a wrong way. Um, this is the better way. This is the preference, anything like that. I think, you know, as is the case in lots of people's spirituality, I think it's up to you as an individual um, what your path is. And I think um, 
it's very beautiful in our culture um, as Muskogee Creek people that we sort of have these two wonderful things to where um, some people, uh, you know, so, sort of subscribe to this way of thinking and others this and some people both. And I think that's what's really cool. Um, and that's why it was so important for me to get an example of somebody that says, you know what, I do both. And, and it fills my life with uh, what I need from that aspect of it. And so I thought, you know, that's definitely the kind of guests we want to get. And so I want to thank Javon for coming in and uh, being with us on this episode. And, you know, I think too, um, this will be one of those episodes where I just, you know, it, it will sort of age well, you know, people can always come back and, and check it out and everything like that. And um, so that, that was important to me too, you know, always getting content that, you know, just kind of will hold up and, and the subject matter is, is always going to be there. And that, you know, spirituality for us, it's, it is always going to be there. It's who we are. It's, you know, all of our, you know, Creek hymns, things like that. And even the stomp dance songs, they tell stories, you know, and they tell, sometimes they tell stories of joy and triumph, but other times they tell stories of struggle and, and trying to get to that joy and triumph. But, um, it's all, you know, sort of food for the soul, um, no matter which way you slice it or, um, which side, uh, you, uh, you subscribe to or any, or if you do both. So I think, um, it was very helpful to have that conversation and we're glad to be able to do it on the pod today. Um, if you're out there and you, uh, uh, like the storyteller series, we're glad that you've been joining us for season two. We're well into season two. Now we've uh, got some great content, um, in the last two episodes, but we've got some great, uh, content coming up on a lot more things. So you're going to have to stick with us and you're going to have to tell people out there, um, that, you know, podcast, uh, check out the Muskogee pod, you know, subscribe and give us a rating. Let us know how we're doing. Um, and it's always good to hear from people on social media too. Um, a lot of the folks that I've talked to that listen to the podcast, um, they really love it, but they also, you know, they it's neat when they, when they say like, Hey, uh, what, what if you tried this one? Or like, I, I was always wanting to, to know about this. And, and sometimes things, you know, you, you throw a bunch of things on the wall and some of them stick. Um, but some of the things are really good ideas. So that's a big part of what we're doing. You know, we want to hear from you. We want input. Um, we want you to be engaged. We want this to be your podcast. We want you to feel like that ownership in it. And so definitely whenever we post or we put out a promotion or whatever, feel free, you know, um, to throw things out there that you'd love to hear because really it is about the audience. Um, uh, we want you to, uh, you know, always be able to say, hey, when I need that, when I need that content or that entertainment or whatever, however I look at podcasting, whether it's something to relax me, something to, you know, get me through those delays at the airport or, um, chores around the house, whatever, we want to be able to make that a time, um, that goes by with some, you know, some content that really feeds your soul and, and makes you think and makes you talk with others around you and, and have conversations. That's what we're all about here. So we're going to get out of here. Uh, that's our time uh, for this week. And uh, we're certainly happy uh, to, to be able to provide this for everyone. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, let everybody know and keep sharing us and keep the good word going about Muskogee Pod. And these are conversations from our reservation. We'll see you next time.